Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. This morning, just want you to turn with me to Lamentations chapter 3. We are going to read verse 27, 28. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 27. So here we read, as Jeremiah writes, the book of Lamentation, we read from Lamentation chapter 3, verse 27. It is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. Let him sit alone and keep silent because God has laid it on him. It is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. Let him sit alone and keep silent because God has laid the yoke on him. So I would like to title my message this morning as Bear the Yoke in Your Youth. So this is a sermon which is going to be mainly centered on youth and the young couples and all of us because all of us are young. Right, so this morning the special sermon is mainly for the youth and again especially for all of us. So book of Lamentations is a book written by Jeremiah the prophet. We would say the book of Lamentations is a sorrowful songs or poems of Jeremiah. You know, every man needs to get an opportunity to cry. And I don't know whether your spouse allows that. But if the spouse is not allowing, probably you need to find a place to go in silence and, you know, spend time in crying. I don't know, you know, if I ask men, you'll say that, you know, I feel like crying for some reason. Every man has to get that opportunity to cry at some point of time. Crying is always good. So Jeremiah, he was prophesying in the book of Jeremiah, but now he took an opportunity to cry. And that his cry is what we see as lamentations. So he is expressing his grief on something. I don't know how many of you read this book of Lamentation. So if you read this book of Lamentation, at the end of the book of Lamentation, you feel like crying along with Jeremiah, nothing else. So Jeremiah writes this just after the exile of the children of Israel by the Babylonians. If you know the history, in around 183 BC, Jeremiah was living at that point of time and children of Israel, they were taken as captive by the Babylonians to Babylon. So Jeremiah, he was writing this lamentation, book of lamentation, worrying about what children of Israel have gone through during the time of captivity and the, how the temple of God is destroyed. And in fact, Jeremiah was an eyewitness for that Babylonian captivity. You know, he predicted the destruction that is about to come upon the land. And he was, you know, just seeing, he was watching it happening in front of his own eyes. Now in this book, it is a sad reflection of what was happening to the people of God. So Lamentation was written by Jeremiah. And when he was writing the book of Lamentations, he was just crying over what children of Israel have gone through in the land of Israel. And as they were taken as captives... So the purpose here is to teach God's people the disobedience that they went through in their lives 
and the effect of the disobedience, the immense suffering that was brought forth in the life of the children of Israel. You know, that is the focus here. Jeremiah is going over and over again on the dis- disobedience that they showed to God. And he is lamenting over the sufferings those disobedience brought in their lives. And in chapter 3 especially, he talks about the affliction of the Lord when they disobeyed God. You know, I know when I disobey God, I know for sure I'm going to feel the pain of it. What you sow is what we reap. When we disobey God, we know in the bottom of our heart the sufferings that we are going to encounter soon in our lives. But knowing this, children of Israel, they were not obeying God. You know, that's the reason Jeremiah was lamenting because he prophesied over the people saying that if you are careless, if you fail to observe the Sabbath day, if you fail to give importance to my work, the, the destruction is going to come upon the land. But they were totally disobeying. And now he says in verse 27, it is good for a man to bear It is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. It is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. What is a yoke? Some of us may not know what is a yoke. So yoke is normally a wooden beam which is used between a pair of animals, usually oxen, to pull a heavy load which is attached to that yoke in the cart. Or maybe a, a plow is attached to that yoke. So the animals are used to carry this heavy load as those two animals are connected with the beam. That's what we call it as yoke. In a scriptural sense, yoke refers to responsibilities. The burden that God is giving us. The obligations that God is giving us. The commitments that God is giving us. They all can be considered as yoke. And bearing, bear the yoke, that means accepting those things in our lives. Shouldering those things, subjecting our lives to those burdens, this load that we carry in our lives. You know, when our child is sick, we carry that burden in our shoulder. That's a yoke. When we go through terrible times of, you know, uh, financial, uh, you know uh, financial restrictions, financial uh, you know, um, financially when you are totally down, we feel that heaviness in our heart, in our shoulder, it's a yoke. And I want to define, when, you know, Jeremiah says, it is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. Who are the youth? Who are the young people? Now this morning we need to ask that question. You know, these scriptures are very well focused on the young people, on youth. But no one is an exemption, exception, no one is exempted from what the scripture is saying in these scriptures. You know, during last week, I was just, these thoughts were coming in my mind. I was, you know, thinking, I was struggling with the thought that, you know, none of us are old. None of us are old. All of us are young. All of us are young. The reason I say that. You know, it's, it's a spiritual sense to it. It's not in a physical sense, but there is a phys- spiritual sense to what I'm saying right now. You know, none of us are old until we leave this world. When we are done with this world, 
when we leave this world, we become old. Because scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation, all things have passed away. And all things have become new. The moment you are born again, you are a new creation. But this new creation is going to remain until we leave this world. And the moment we leave this world, this body becomes old. It's good for nothing. Until then, this body is young. I didn't want to say this, but no, no, you know, when I was preparing for this sermon, I was just going through the commentary written by Spurgeon. And Spurgeon says the same thing. He says the same thing. Until you die, you remain young. But the day when you die, leave this world, your old things are gone. Newness, you are entering into a newness. So this scripture that we see here, it really means to all of us, those who are sitting here and those who are listening to me online. The moment our spirit is taken out of us, the body is considered old. Until then, we are all young. So scripture is saying it is good for a man to bear the yoke when he is young. You know, today I just want you to, you to, to you know, turn your attention to the youth of our generation. The youth is not really willing to take any responsibility. You know, we are really living in a materialistic world where people don't want to take responsibility unless there is a monetary benefit attached to it. You know, you call somebody for do some work, they'll say, how much you pay for it, I can, I'm available. You try to give her a job to a youth and they will try to escape out of it most of the time. Not, not everybody, but then there are very few are willing to do it. If there is no fun and entertainment attached to it, nobody, no youth want to do anything for that matter, even at the church. There is no, if there is an accountability and if there is a commitment, nobody wants to do that job. And if the cause is difficult, and if it requires real hard work, we don't find anybody there. Have you come across that situation? We don't find anybody there. You know, especially with the youth of our generation. Young people are not really willing to take any responsibility. Selfishness, they are all driven by selfishness. That becomes the way of life today. Whereas the Bible says, it is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. You know, that's the reason even churches, even in church services, need to be fun-filled today. Church services need to be entertaining today. If you call somebody for the youth ministry, youth, a youth meeting, you know, normally they will ask, what movie we are playing today? Do we have popcorn? Do you serve ice cream? So if you have all this, I'm willing to come for the youth meeting. You know, we are just living in the age, that's what we see. And we really do not know how we parents are going to bring our children, our youth, in this generation. Whereas Jeremiah says, it is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. You know, young children need this yoke on them. This morning I want all the parents to understand this. Young children need this yoke on them. And oxen need to be brought under this yoke. Otherwise the oxen is of no use. The oxen go walk miles after miles, but it is not of any use unless an oxen is brought under this yoke. A horse needs to be, you know, accustomed to the bits and bridles. Otherwise, we cannot control, we cannot maneuver a horse. 
It just runs wherever it wants to go. The same way children need to be brought under this yoke. We are not saying that you need to torture the children. No. We are saying that in a biblical way, we need to bring our children under this yoke. You know, we see children telling our parents most of the time, Dad, we are living in 21st century. You don't know what it takes to live in this world, in this generation, because you have not gone through it. You never experienced all these things. But what we are living, what we are doing today, you know, you don't really understand it. Just obey me. Listen to me, what I am saying. You know, children look at the parents and this is what they say. If as parents we don't impose yoke on our children, we can't expect them to come up like what you are today. We are not grown in the same fashion that children are growing today. I want you to turn back this morning along with me to your olden days. Some of us, most of us are maybe newly married, young families. Some of us may have experience in living together with our family, with our spouses for years together. I just want all of us to turn back. You all gone through so much when you are in your childhood days. I want you to turn back to your life way back, years back, years ago. Your life, life was rough and it was tough. That brought you today what you are and who you are. Your parents were so tough on you, isn't it? At times when we were growing up. And that brought what you are today. Your early marriage life was miserable for a few years. But you went through it. You took the yoke on yourself. And today, by the grace of God, you both are living together as a family. Yoke is very, very important for any family. Now, when I turn back my childhood days, they were not very smooth. They were not very smooth at all. You know, I was out of home at the age of five and a half, away from parents, with the grandparents. Once in a year, I get an opportunity to visit my parents. The rest of the time, I was just living on myself from the age of five and a half. Very early in the age of, age of my life, I got exposed to all the filthy things of this world without knowing what they were. And later on, you know, I was raised by my uncle in a very strict manner. The village where they, we lived, there was no electricity. I need to sit at the you know, street lights and study. And you know, at times we get kerosene lamps, but then at house it is home, it is very busy. It's just crowded. We have hundreds of children coming and you know, showing one that they want to study together because there's no electricity until I maybe a seventh grade or something. And we, I was trained even at the very early ch childhood, I was trained in all the farm related works. Remember the days when I had to carry heavy stuff, which I was, I, I was not raised in that way until my five and a half years age. So life was not very smooth in my early days. I felt loneliness because, you know, separation from parents, I couldn't handle it. There were nights, you know, I was awake. If there was a death in that village, I can't sleep. I couldn't sleep for days together I, because I don't understand what is going on. I got some, a couple of friends. They were very close friends. But those friends, they live in the graveyard. And they are not good friends. 
So I came to know in all the evil practices and how they deal with the devil, how they you know, speak to the evil things. And night they go to house to house and they, they, they prophesy in, the, in, the, in a bad way. They were my friends at that time because it was very fascinating. Because I didn't know what was going on in my life until my mom joined when I was in the grade 8 or 9. I want every one of you to turn back the days when you were a children and you were youth. But all those things in my life, they made me to think what is the reality in life. They brought so much of discipline in my life. And they were a heavy yoke upon my life. The loneliness and separation and the torture because of that I was going through within me. But then they brought me out of it. God brought me out of it. And now I realize the reason why I went through all these things in my life. So much of discipline in different areas were brought by those things that I experienced in the very early childhood days. It is good for a man to bear the yoke in your youth. Not just me. I'm sure all of you will have testimony to share. So what you went through in your life, in your youth, made you what you are today. You know, some of us may be still struggling in our lives. Now, especially many of you are in the nursing field. You are given false promises when you come to Canada. Because of based on those false promises, you landed here. And when you landed and you start working here, you realize it's not that what was told. Everything was false. And here you need to study for two more years. And you need to get your license. And you need to pass the English examination. And you need to do, you know, play for job position. Even then you are, your, your status is not permanent. There is so much of hardship that we go through. Most of us go through. But remember what scripture says. It is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. Yoke is all about the necessity of hardship that you and I need in my life. When Jeremiah says, he's saying, there is no point in complaining about what we are going through. It's all needed. God is allowing all those things in our life to make you as a new creation. To make you and build character in your life. And I remember there was a day in my childhood, many days in my childhood, I kept this scripture open in front of me. And I wanted to understand what the scripture is you know, talking about, but I never got an opportunity to listen to any sermon like this. I wanted to know what the scripture is talking about. It is telling something about me. I wanted to associate myself with the scripture. But this morning, we are able to go through the scripture. What are the yokes that God is talking about in the scripture? Number one. Excuse me, I may take a few more minutes today. Number one, the yoke of submitting, subjection to authority. The yoke of subjection to authority, number one yoke on our shoulder today. The yoke of subjection to authority. Listen to this. You know, one who does not learn this when he is young, he is going to suffer in his lifetime in the future. Submitting to authority is something that you and I need to know, I need to learn. You know, not that somebody is greater than somebody, but the authority is established by God. That's what my scripture says, Romans chapter 13 verse 1. If you can read with me, Romans chapter 13 verse 1. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God not only in church 
in our workplace, in our schools, in our houses. The authority is appointed by God. That's what scripture says. You know, God has established authority everywhere. In every places. In government, schools and offices and churches. And even in our homes as I said. You know, scripture says in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 and 2. The well known scripture. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor your father and mother. Which is the first commandment with promise. Children. Obey your parents. Parents are given an authority by God. And you and I need to obey as children to our parents. Scripture also says it is a sin not obeying to the children. If parents, as parents, if you continue to approve disobedience, you are sinning. Did you listen to that? Parents, if you continue to allow disobedience to your children, you are sinning. What says, Bible says in Romans chapter 1, 29 to 32. Romans chapter 1, 29 to 32. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immoralities, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, Inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. They will not enter into the kingdom of God. These are the sinful things. Disobedience is listed with, along with, adultery. Disobedience is a sin. As parents, we need to teach this to our children. We are talking about the yoke of submission to authority. And as a citizens of these nations, Romans 13 verses 1 to 7. If you can read that later at home, it talks about we need to obey to all the authorities that God has established. That person may be a godly man or may not be a godly man. But the authority is established by God. Scripture says in 1 Peter 3, 1, I won't read the scripture. 1 Peter 3, 1, scripture says, Wives, likewise submissive, be submissive to your own husbands. Wives are called to, you know, bring them under subjection to the authority. And according to scripture, husband is given the authority. And wives need to be submissive to that authority. And scripture says that even if some do not obey God, wife, husband may be an evil person. He may not be a godly person, but still without a word, obey Submissive, be submissive to your husband. Maybe you can win him by your good contact. If you be, still be submissive to your husband, he will realize you are a child of God. And he will turn back to God. Winning by character. We are talking about the yoke of subjection to authority. Hebrews 13, 17 scripture says, we need to also obey the spiritual authorities. Obey those who rule over you. And be submissive for they watch over for your souls. As those who must give account. When you be a part of the church. For your soul the pastor is accountable. Whether he prays for you. He doesn't pray for you. God is going to ask the question to him. And you know th that's the benefit of coming under the covering. That's how God has established the church. 
And scripture says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch over your souls. For they need to give account. They need to give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief. For that would be unprofitable to you. That's the reason we say that, you know, do, do not grieve any man of God, any children of God. Because if they grieve over you, your situation, what you did, it's not going to be good for you. That's what the scripture says. So first, the yoke that God is giving upon our lives. And certainly we need to make sure that the yoke is placed upon your, the children, your children is the yoke of subjection to authority. Number two, the yoke of self-control and self-restraint. The yoke of self-control and self-restraint. You know, young children again need to be taught on this. They need to know that they cannot live the way they want. They need to control their desires. You know, we are living in a country where there is a lot of freedom. A lot of freedom. And if we don't teach to our children what are the biblical standards, the standards of this world become their standards. It is our responsibility to teach our children what Bible says about controlling ourselves. You know, they need to be told very clearly, you know, sexual desire and your marriage need to be controlled. Not many parents talk about this with their children. You know, they need to be taught by you and me Saying that you need to control all your sexual desire until your marriage. Because Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4. Hebrews 13 4. Marriage is honorable among all. The bed undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Marriage is honorable. That means there is no sexual relationship before marriage. Because marriage is honorable. That bed is undefiled. You know, Bible very clearly forbids premarital sexual relationship. Children need to know this. And we need to teach our children because we are living in a nation where we have total freedom for this. Today, many churches, they don't talk about it. They don't teach about it. But it is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. On the other day, a parent was telling me, Oh, my daughter, she found the right boyfriend. I'm really happy about it. When I say that sexual relationship before marriage, they asked me the question, What do you think about dating? They're not into any sexual relationship. What do you think about dating? The simple answer to that is, We know what is sin. And anything that is leading to sin is sin. We know what is sin. And anything that is leading to sin is sin. If premarital sex is sin, dating before marriage can lead for your son, your daughter to make that sin. Then that becomes a sin too. And we need to put that yoke so heavy upon our children otherwise we will lose our children they will not be with us it is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth and young families we need to be very careful teaching this to our children and also as young families we need to be very careful 
not to bring a third person between our marriage. Because the same way premarital sex is a sin, extramarital sex is also sin. Bible talks about it. Any sexual relationship outside marriage is forbidden in the word of God. And we need to be very careful. Young family or old family doesn't really matter. It doesn't leave anybody. Doesn't leave anybody. Once God unites us together, it is the bond that we are, it is an agreement that we are entering for a lifetime. There are exceptions in the word of God. In what condition, when a married person, a married woman and man can get married, get, get remarried? Not in every situation. Not in every situation. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 22 says, Scripture is asking us to flee from the lust of the flesh. Flee from the lust of the flesh. A yoke that you and I need to have upon our shoulder. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9 verse 23, He said, take up the cross and follow me. Then also Jesus said to them, if anyone decides to come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross daily and follow me. It is good for you and me to take the cross every day. When do we take the cross? When we say no to those lustful things in our lives. When we say no to those things which are trying to enter, creep in, in our family to destroy the peace and harmony that we have in our family. When we say no, when we tell that person not to enter in my house. We are carrying the yoke in our lives. We are carrying the yoke in our lives and following Jesus. Paul is writing to Titus. Titus, Listen to this. He says in Titus chapter 2 verse 12. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously and godly in the present age. There are things which are denying ungodliness. There are things which are in the worldly, worldly lust. And God is asking you and me to come out of it. Yesterday night we were crying out to God, Lord, purify our church, Lord. God wants children of God to walk in that holiness. God wants us to walk in that holiness. We are dealing with the holy things. We are dealing with the heavenly things. God wants us to walk in that holiness. God wants us to apply the yoke for our control as well as to bring up our children in a godly way. Number three yoke. Is the yoke of suffering. Sometimes when we go through sufferings in our lives, some of you would have gone through many sufferings when you are child in your childhood days. God knows it. You know, you are gone, you are gone through you know, terrible times in your life. At times, you know, you are wondering whether I'll be able to come out of it anymore. But today, when you turn back those things to those things, you are able to say, It is good that I went through it. It is good because many of the no, most noble men and women of God, they all went through troubles in their early life. Think about Joseph. Think about Daniel. Think about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, the young people of Israel. Think about Moses for that matter. After he was born, after a few days, he was just thrown into the water. Totally separated from his parents. The sufferings that we go through today, scripture says, we are not comparable to the eternal weight of eternal glory. 2 Corinthians 4.17 scripture says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, 
is working for us for a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Scripture also says suffering produces good characters in our lives. Romans chapter 5 verse 3 and 4. Romans chapter 5 verse 3 and 4. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. When we go through sufferings, God is making you. God is not trying to destroy us. You know, we need to understand this fact. God is not trying to, you know, discourage us. God is not trying to throw us away. But instead, God is working in our lives. When we go through sufferings and struggles in our lives, our character gets developed. We build our character. Our character is built every time. And what we are today, it doesn't just come all of a sudden. It came over a period of time in your life. And all the troubles and trials and temptations that you went through. And there are times you yielded to those temptations and you fell down and you again caught up. And we are today strongest, most strongful and courageous. The third yoke is the yoke of suffering. The fourth yoke is the yoke of serving the Lord. The yoke of serving the Lord. Young people need to be engaged in the work of God. You know, this is very, very important for the children of God. Young people need to be engaged in the work of God. You know, they need to learn in the very early time how to put the kingdom of God first. You know, for them to do that, you need to give the opportunity for them to get engaged. Maybe in a youth group, or in the children ministry, or in the worship ministry, or in the preaching ministry, or in the outreach ministry. Just encourage them to be part of it. The more they are becoming part of it, the lesser the chance they will taste the things of this world. They will not go back to the world once they taste the presence of God. Once they taste the love of God in their lives, they will not go astray. And children need to be taught to put Lord God and the church before their own pleasures. You know, at times there are pleasing, things are very pleasing outside, but they need to be taught what is important. And once you teach them, and they will develop that character within them. Children who do not learn this, bearing the yoke in the very early stages of their lives, they will bring sorrow to their own lives in the later stage. If as parents, if we don't put those yoke upon our children today, they will bring shame to our family in the later days. But this morning God is telling you, it is good for a man to carry his yoke when he is young. We are responsible parents. We are responsible for putting that yoke upon our children. Most of the young families, we need to engage ourselves in the work of God. It is very, very important. Our later time need to be blessed. Our later life need to be protected. Only way we can do that is engage when we have strength. I used to say that, if we ask somebody to come, brother, come, you just you know, join with us in singing or you know, instrument or, or, or worship leading or whatever, Bible teaching. They'll say that, pastor, I will do it later, pastor. And I tell them that we don't want you when you are in a wheelchair. No. We want you now. God doesn't really want us when we are in a wheelchair. When we are in our sickbed, God doesn't really want you. God wants us now when we have all our strength to serve God. It is good for us to get attached with somewhere where we can serve God. Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 to 30. Jesus said, come to me, 
all you heavy, all you labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And listen to this, what he said. We most of the time we stop here. And he said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, doing the work of God, God makes it easy because you are not alone in that yoke. One side you are joined and another side God himself is carrying that yoke along with you. God is asking this morning, you need to be attached with somewhere where you can serve God. What is the yoke of Christ that you know, Jesus is talking about? It is called yoke of Christ that he wants to put upon us. It means commitment. It means sacrifice. It means self-denial. It means, you know, losing at times what we consider as gain for the sake of the gospel. It is also going wherever God is asking you to go. The reason some of the missionaries obeyed the call of God, the voice of God, just because they were willing to take the yoke of Christ upon them. Self-denial at times forsaking the family. I want you to read the scripture, Matthew 10, 37, Jesus, what Jesus said. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. If you love your father or mother, Jesus will tell you, I don't want you. I don't want your service. But Jesus said, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. It is important that you need to take care of your children. It is important to do what you need to do for your parents. But God expects you to love him more than you love your children. That's the words of Jesus. Luke 14, 26, Jesus again said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. You know, discipleship is not easy thing. Serving God is not easy thing as you think. You know, today there is a culture in this world, in this nation, saying that you just, you know, try to resign your job and try to get on a full-time ministry and see how God works. And see how things work. And if you don't, things don't work, come back to work. What's wrong in that? Scripture doesn't really say that. Scripture doesn't say that. Being available for others. Extending our lives to others, involving in fasting and praying for others, interceding for others, studying, meditating word of God and preaching to others. At times, you know, helping young believers to come up in their career, in their life, encouraging and training others. That's the reason Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 3 and 4. You therefore must endure hardship. Timothy was very young. Paul is telling him, you need to go through all the hardships. Not to destroy him, but to bring him up as a man of God. You know, that's the same discipline God wants you and me to bring over our children. Was for no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. When you engage yourself into the warfare, that means serving God, you cannot really go back to the world. That he may try to please the master always. 
At times, hardship may be rejection by your own family members. At times, hardship may be, you know, sorrow, that you heavy sorrow that comes in your life because of various things going on in your family, in your situation. At times, you know, you are expected to believe that what you cannot see. That may be a kind of yoke on you. You need to just move by faith. At times, you need to deal with offenses because you are pointed out. At times, you need to carry Christ in your life. These are the yoke of serving God. And finally, in Lamentations, as we read, chapter 3, verse 27, 28, it is good for a man to bear the yoke when he is youth. Let him sit alone and keep silent because who laid that yoke on him? God has laid the yoke on him. And I believe this morning, it is important not trying to throw those yokes in our lives. Now we have troubles, we have difficulties, we have sickness, we have financial shortcomings. But in the midst of all, God is teaching children of God, saying that you need to carry that yoke. If God has taken that yoke out of you, probably you may deny God and walk away from God. It is kept by God. God has laid them on him. And this morning we talked about four different yokes. The yoke of subjection to authority. The yoke of self-control and self-restraint. The yoke of sufferings and the yoke of serving God. This morning God is telling us. Just take the yoke upon you. Just do not say no. Shall we close our eyes? Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.